Hi, Heath. Hi, Hal. Did you watch anything gay this weekend? So, you know, yesterday I was in the park um, and I was talking with some people and I said, well, I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch Jennifer's body. And they said to me, isn't that the movie where Megan Fox's vagina eats people? And I said, I don't know. I've never seen it. So that was not what it was about. Uh, uh, you know, it, it was about some girls. Don't remember Amanda Seyfried's name, but she was she was in the movie um, kicking people and shit, which was pretty cool. And then, um, you know, Megan Fox killed some people and um, Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox kissed. OK, well, that's pretty gay. It's fairly gay. I can cut out the part about the kiss. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to... Okay, okay but, but I think yes. you can leave in the kiss thing. I'm so sorry. But I think yeah, okay. you can because, like, the writer, they've done so many interviews saying that it's not, like, queer. Well, that's silly. The kiss. So, well, I mean, yes. But we can talk about that later. I'm so sorry. Go back to the intro. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to OK, But Is It Gay? It's a podcast about gay movies, except this season we're doing OK, But That Was Gay, where we're doing queer readings of movies that aren't gay on purpose. Autumn has just informed me that this movie, despite having two girls kiss in it, is not gay on purpose, according to the director. Yes. Say more yes. right now. You want me to say more now? <laughs> Don't we want to save it for when we talk about the kiss scene? OK, yeah, that's fair. This episode, our good friend Heath is here. Heath, also from our MFA. Do you want to introduce yourself? Um, I mean, I can give it my best go. So my name is, you know, I could just read my professional bio. I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> my name is Heath Joseph Wooten. I, um, you know, I sleep a lot. Um, Don't we and all? I watch, I engage with a lot of gay content. Um because I'm just a little gay boy. <laughs> Love that for you. That was the best intro I've ever heard. <laughs> well, thank you. That actually is my professional bio. <laughs> I hope so. I'm, I'm really glad for you. <laughs> We're doing Jennifer's Body this week, which is, I think, one of those, like, in the before times, <laughs> pre- I don't know, Love, Simon, <laughs> like mainstream gay movies getting positive attention before that happened. Movies like Jennifer's Body and like, I don't know, like Annie Get Your Gun and stuff like that. That's not the name of that movie. Hang on. The Annie Oakley movie? You know this. I don't know what movie you're talking about. Hang I've on. I've got no clue. Hang on. It is. Movies like this and like Annie Get Your Gun are movies with like queer themes that you have to like think about that you have to like if you're not gay watching this movie you might not come out of it thinking ah yes a gay movie but every lesbian that i know loves this movie a lot <laughs> as they should mm -hmm. 
the only reason I know about knew anything about this movie is because I had a lesbian friend in undergrad who always said that we were going to watch this movie together. She called it her favorite movie. We never watched it together. <laughs> oh no! I'm so glad to have given you the opportunity to. I was going to say consume Jennifer's body. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great word choice. I think yes. that's, that's going to happen a lot this episode. That's the perfect, perfect. word choice. <laughs> I've never been happier. Uh, okay, let's start with our trigger warnings and then we can get into... There's a lot. Yes. There's there's tons. There's definitely yeah. It's definitely the longest list so far this season i'm glad i can be a part of it (laughs) uh trigger warnings for blood violence gore body horror sexual themes the sexualization of teenage girls sexual violence mental health stuff around being committed there is literally a character in a prison asylum in in this movie ableist slurs homophobia including the f slur uh, fire-related death and carnage, possession and demon stuff, casual racism and microaggressions, gaslighting. All right. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I believe. You know, I somehow missed. I somehow missed the F slur. Really? I don't know how that Chris happened. Chris Pratt yeah, says it. Just... Oh. <laughs> they yeah. like. He would. <laughs> I. Guys, I literally lost uh-huh. my mind when Chris Pratt appeared on screen. I uh-huh. just want you to know that I lost my entire Chris Pratt mind. Is in this movie. He <laughs> dies, it's fine. Uh, but we don't get to watch him die, do we? No. That's a shame. Does he die? Because Me- Megan Fox, I should call her Jennifer probably. Jennifer says at one point in the movie, like much later after the event um, where he was, I thought he died, that she was still like having sex with him. Oh. I missed I that. I thought he had died. I thought he had died. Because mm. he tells, she tells Jonas that, because Jonas is crying about it. Oh, was he the, oh, okay. I just, like, am bad at watching movies, I guess. <laughs> okay, it's, see, I don't know anyone's names. Like, he's just Chris okay. Pratt. You know okay. what I mean? <laughs> That's fair. So See, I don't like... really know anything about Chris Pratt, so I didn't even recognize him until I looked up <laughs> the cast later, and then I was like, oh, that makes sense why I found him immediately repugnant. <laughs> uh, anyway, if any of that very long list of things uh, is going to be uncomfortable for you, we're going to discuss them in this episode. Uh, probably not in like super deep detail, but tread lightly. Be cautious. Take care of yourself. Go listen to the Shrek episode instead. <laughs> what? are like big thoughts <laughs> this movie's fantastic it is very good i hate that it didn't do well when it first came out mm-hmm. um Men. we know why it didn't do well Men. yeah because it's a horror movie but the women are the ones with the power like we can't have that mm-hmm. um but wow is it amazing also uh megan fox can slam me against some walls that's all i'm saying <laughs> I didn't expect it to have such, um, like, a quick wit. I think mm-hmm. that was the thing that surprised me the most about it. Because I've seen um, Jennifer's body on, like, BuzzFeed listicles of, like, ten worst written movies of all time and shit. Mm-hmm. And oh. they single out the, like, you're, like, lime jello or something. Like, you're lime green jello and they single out that line. So I kind of thought it was going to be, like, awful. There are um, some weird lines. I will say There that. are some weird lines, but there were also lots of lines that made me laugh in a 2009 Obama era way. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is yeah. very 2000s. Yeah. Those like 
low-cut coochie jeans that everybody's wearing. (laughs) But still thematically relevant. Yes. Think if it came out four or five years earlier and men didn't exist, (laughs) um, then it could have kind of joined the like, um, like mean girls, legally blonde Mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. like group of Mm. like quotable um, movies, um, like teen girl movies for lack of a better expression. But 2009, I think, was a little late to hop on that trend. Mm -hmm. Also, they didn't market it like that. If they had marketed it as like a teen chick flick kind of movie instead of like this is a movie with hot chicks so that men can have a good time maybe it would have done better Mm -hmm. who knows i really like the way that this movie opens because it's like slasher stalker core but and we expect for the monster to be revealed like in a different horror movie we like pan over to a window at one point and like, you know, the Jason alike is standing there with a knife, but instead the only person who is revealed is Jennifer and that rules. Yeah. I, I knew like a few big plot points of this movie, but I've never seen it before. Mm -hmm. This is the first horror movie I ever saw. Really? Mm -hmm. Wait, (laughs) maybe. I think mine was the Hills have eyes. Mm. Hmm. Most of my the horror movies I watch, I think, are more technically thrillers. So maybe same. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting the opening shot of her. Like, not only I thought when she was in the asylum that it was more like she was misunderstood, unless that she was also just super violent at attacking people. Uh-huh, I wasn't uh-huh. really, I wasn't ready for that because that's such a stark difference from everything about her character. The entire film. I thought that until she like. You know, that moment where she just kicks the orderly in the face, like, mm-hmm. out of the blue? Yes. Yeah. I was, like, I was, like, very much, like, she's just, something's gone on. She's, like, you know, very clearly being, like, framed mm-hmm. or something. And, and then you... she, like, kicks the shit out of that orderly. And I was, like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Maybe and not. If you, and if you go into this movie knowing that it's, like, a possession movie or, like, a demon movie, you're, like, oh, Needy, like, told people about the demons and is now committed. Um... But yeah, then she beats up an orderly, uh, which signals, I think, that this movie is trying to up both upend expectations and also gives you a sneak peek at the level of gore that's going to happen. Uh-huh. She, like, kicks out her teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when the tooth fell out, I had to cover my eyes. I'm a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think about the line, hell is a teenage girl? I've never been one. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Ooh. Um, I liked it, but I was kind of conflicted about it. I feel like it sounds better than, like, what it actually means. Mm-hmm. I don't know. One of those lines movie... that was, like, written to be in the trailer. Yeah, like... The movie seemed a little conflicted, honestly, on how it wanted to portray, like, being a teenage girl. And maybe that's because being a teenage girl is very complex and whatever. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. It seems... And maybe this is also just, like, poor writing or something. But it did seem kind of, like, wishy-washy with it. I think that it comes down on the side of being a teenage girl at any point in your life fucks you up. That's true. Definitely does that. It gets you fucked up. (laughs) Not a great time. I think, like, that moment, hell is teenage, a teenage girl. I thought, like, um, 
and I guess this is the wishy-washiness that Autumn is talking about, but the film seems kind of confused about if it's a horror movie or if it's like a teen girl comedy. And yeah. so like moments like that where they have those really on-the-nose lines like hell is a teenage girl it seems like they're including them to like poke fun or like subvert what we would expect because like i could easily imagine that line in in mean girls Mm -hmm. um it would Mm -hmm. like fit right in um and so i think i think it was effective for me i don't really like it taken on its own but i think contextually um it was doing some work i just wish that work had been more consistently done Mm mm-hmm yeah that's fair like the script had gone through one more rewrite maybe mm-hmm. autumn what did you think of the narration in this movie oh i mean it honestly i know i hate narration and like it's not great i do still think for the most part needing narration is just a sign of poor writing but it didn't annoy me too much i don't think they overused it mm. i was able to kind of ignore it basically <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I also kind of just ignored it. Even when you said narration, I, like, couldn't call the narration to mind until I remembered we were just talking about it. <laughs> um, so it, it it didn't really do anything for me. In fact, I kind of... I, I, I could do without, mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. I do wonder, like, how this movie plays if you were to remove Needy's narration. Hmm. The part about the waterfall wouldn't have made sense. They would have had to describe that somewhere. True. I still didn't think it made a lot of sense. (laughs) It wasn't necessary. It it we could have cut the whole waterfall thing. They just needed an edgy setting or something. But I mean there could have just very easily been some like expository dialogue between the low shoulder dude and like needy or Jennifer where you know, because he keeps calling it, what does he call it? Devil's, Devil's Kettle. Lake or something? He calls it something oh, he, else. Though. Yeah, he calls it Devil's Lake. Yeah, and then they could have been like, no, it's called Devil's Kettle because there's this really weird thing. Mm-hmm. And that would have gotten that done without having to have narration. I don't know. I guess our job isn't to rewrite the movie. but Sure it is. That's literally what we did with Lost Boys. Yeah. All right, right on. I should have written up my li- like a list of like did a did a script doctor. <laughs> Devil's kettle, real uh, waterfall and whirlpool that really is very confusing for a lot of people who study this kind of thing. The current running oh, theory. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, I I read a couple of articles, but the current running theory is that objects like that get thrown into the whirlpool don't resurface in the river because the whirlpool like is running so fast and like there's so much pressure that it brings things straight to the bottom of the river and so you're not going to be able to see things that you toss in like the ping pong balls that we see in this opening shot and then later there will be a knife Oh, the knife. I guess, like, if Devil's Kettle is a real place, that makes sense why when I googled Jennifer's body, people always ask, the first result is, is Jennifer's body based on a true story? Mm. Interesting. And, like, lots of possession movies are based on true stories. Yeah, but this one... I don't... This one <laughs> Come on. I do not believe. <laughs> like, if it is, it's only extremely loosely based on one. Hopefully. So loosely. 
There's no way. There's no way that a teenage girl could kill and eat several teenage boys. Teenage girls can't get away with shit that teenage boys can. Mm. This movie is saying otherwise, and it has some good points, but um, I'm a pessimist, so. Mm -hmm. That's fair. My cat is doing a lot of purring right next to my computer. We can't hear. (laughs) Go away. Go away. Hi, Volta. She just just did a little meow. (laughs) Adorable. Uh, Okay, so then we get... We flash back to high school times. Mm-hmm. Needy and Jennifer are besties, despite being in different social classes at school, because sandbox love never dies. Yeah, that's fair. Immediately gay. Immediately gay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why has... the movie acts like um, them still being friends is so weird. Because of the intense stratification of high school social politics. Hmm. <laughs> we... I feel like this is a pretty well-defined kind of it's 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 in heterosexual media too I guess ostensibly this is heterosexual media but <laughs> I, I've read like a lot of gay shit where they have kind of this like you know there's a there's like a loser and there's like the person at the top of the hierarchy like the cheerleader or the football player and those two characters have like a romance against all odds mm-hmm. um it happens yeah. in most notably that i can think of off the top of my head like Heartstopper mm-hmm. um is one that comes to mind so i just kind of like immediately saw that and i was like oh okay this is our main couple <laughs> <laughs> they do t- do uh introduce jennifer in like the gayest way possible so mm-hmm. through needy's exciting. perspective also Yes, important. Yeah. Needy has... And her name is Needy. Her name is Needy, yeah. Her name is Anita, and they call her Needy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> it's ironic, you see, because Jennifer is the Needy one. Mm. That's that's a take. Is that controversial? I thought that I was, know. like, pretty <laughs> clear. <laughs> Same I think everybody in this movie is needy. Yeah. Mm. On account of It's being like a humans. theme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably deeper than the movie wants to go, but all right. That's what the podcast is about. <laughs> I seriously think like need is one of the key thing themes in this movie because mm-hmm. it seems like most interactions that the character has, characters have are based on like needing something from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um like, with all of Jennifer's, um, like, boy attacks, um, you know, the boys want the sex. They need the sex, and she needs to eat. I never thought that Needy needed Jennifer. That sentence sounds so bad. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, like she's clearly in love with Jennifer. Um, mm-hmm. which is, is that that's a type like of a... need? <sighs> that, that's, like, a... I think it's different. Like, it can be a type of need, but it's different than all the other types. Mm-hmm. It's a needless need. It's but... more like a want as opposed to need. But most of the needs that all the other... Like, Jennifer is the only one who has a need that she will die without. I don't think she'll die without her social standing. And she needs I was talking about the meat of I boys. know what you were talking about. <laughs> but, no, she needs needy for a whole bunch of stuff 
Mm-hmm. And Needy just wants her because she's in love with her. Mm-hmm. He's a different. But is the movie arguing that there's not a difference? I don't know. That, that's an interpretation thing. That's an interpretation thing. I uh-huh. think it's different. Let's call Amanda Seyfried right now and we'll just ask her. Amanda Seyfried, yeah. come on the pod. I'm sure she would be totally into that. <laughs> she seems chill. Low Shoulder are playing and Jen wants to go see them because there will be salty morsels at the show. The salty morsel is Chris Pratt, I guess. <laughs> oh, I don't want to hear that. This is... well, the... Cut that. For Jennifer, at least, the salty morsel is going to be Adam Brody. It's also Chris Pratt, though. Also that. Adam Brody here as Nikolai, lead singer of Low Shoulder. We will meet him in a moment because Needy needs to get dressed first. This is also when we meet her boyfriend, Chip, who doesn't like Jennifer, doesn't think that Needy should go to this show because the boys in the band will have eyeliner on. Needy's rock look is a baby doll top over a long sleeve. And that's the most 2009 shit I've ever seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what do we think about Chip? Thoughts on Chip? The only valid man in this movie. Chip is great. <laughs> he is, you know, meaningfully inoffensive. Mm-hmm. I loved him. I felt so bad for him this entire film. Mm-hmm. I know. My favorite scene in this whole movie involves him. Uh, also importantly his actor johnny simmons was supposed to play nikolai oh that would not have worked (laughs) that would have been so wrong (laughs) johnny simmons is way too boy next door to pull off Mm -hmm. that you know like late 2000s indie rock vibe Mm -hmm. yeah also in the running to play nikolai pete wentz joe madden and chad michael murray i don't know why i thought you were gonna say chris pratt This, the whole scene in the club reminded me of my immortal. Um, because oh God. of course it did. I didn't when, you know, see the um, end of that sentence coming at all. Yeah, yeah. when B. Luddy, no, not B. Luddy Mary, but um, Ebony Darkness Raven Dementia Way goes with um, Malfoy to the Hogsmeade, whatever they call it in that, and they see good Charlotte and they mosh and shit, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. something bad happens. I don't remember what it is. Um, but something bad happens something. And, and they have to run away. Um, and the entire time I was watching this scene, I was like, the, the screenwriter for this definitely read My Immortal. This is like a shot for shot. <laughs> this is shot for shot without Thanks, the blind Thanks, I card. hate that. I hate so that a lot. funny. <laughs> I love that. This is what happens when you put me on a podcast. I talk about My Immortal. <laughs> I mean, good. Yeah, we appreciate it about you. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking of seminal gay media, uh, this also during the getting dressed scene, we see some foreshadowing of Needy's ability to sense where Jennifer is occasionally. Like it gets magnified later, but as long as she is wearing her BFF necklace, she knows where Jennifer also wearing her BFF necklace is. That was so weird. That was probably my least favorite part of this movie. I think it's great. Ah, I hated it. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was a little, it was like a little, um, you know, fan fiction-y. Yeah. Very, very convenient. Mm. Um, They took it too far. They just took it too far. Well, it gets amplified by the demon magic. Okay, you're trying to see this how, I can't suspend my disbelief that much. I am, I can't, my suspension. We got limits. (laughs) My belief can be suspended like two feet above the ground, but once we get higher than that, like, mm. you know, I. Mm-mm. 
um, this is where we get the lime green jello line. Your lime green jello, and you can't even admit it to yourself. Is I and think, also the Thai food. Yes, is I think a thing a teenage girl would say, and that's the most important part. Is it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, I gotta say, when I you know watching that scene, there was like the comments that Chip made, like I can see your womb. Mm. and i like recoiled from the tv mm-hmm. yeah that i was like yeah. he really said that um, i forgot he said that she is wearing the coochie jeans and then you know they walk downstairs and jennifer says it smells like thai food have y'all been having sex or whatever and i like oh, i like spilled my beer <laughs> and then after those two like horrible strikes to my sanity then we mm-hmm. get lime green jello and i was like thank god <laughs> so you were desensitized guess so <laughs> i thought you were saying that the the lime green jello saved it um i think it was a little bit of both i think i would i think like if in a in a different movie where they had not said those two horrible things before the lime jello mm-hmm. i probably would have i probably would have been like lime green jello that was that was a pretty bad joke but i think because it came after like two horrifying jokes mm-hmm. i was like well, thank God. <laughs> and now Chris Pratt is here. Ugh. Yeah, I did a double take. <laughs> I, yeah. He doesn't deserve to be here. <laughs> he, like, rips the cigarette out of Jennifer's mouth? Don't do that. That's rude. <laughs> I mean, his character is supposed to be just kind of a boring uh, loser, so. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to go hard on this scene. Okay. That specific <laughs> moment with the cigarette. Mm-hmm. Please. And like, you know, <laughs> I was like, you know, obviously it's about control, mm-hmm. but if the cigarette is a symbol of the phallic, oh, interesting. then like he has like removed and is regulating the phallus because of the ways in which female sexuality is policed. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking it was cause, um, teenage girls aren't allowed to be like if smoking is kind of a like smoking is too hardcore for them or mm-hmm. something too like gross i don't know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think that you can both be right i think both things are true also chris pratt is a literal cop so i yes. mean i guess the most literal literal reading is that he's like underage girl smoking a cigarette no no bad wrong mm-hmm. i'm going to do my cop bullshit <laughs> I forgot he was a cop. That makes it so much funnier. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was like a what, like a pre-cop. He was in the cop academy. Yeah, he's in the cop yeah. academy. He must have graduated like the year before and is now in the police academy, whereas now Needy and Jen are seniors. I didn't realize they were seniors. Okay. I thought they were. I don't know. I, I wasn't sure if that movie told us. I don't know. Maybe I just decided that in my head. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I just, with like aspects like that of like a film like this, I just kind of like... Felt like the film wasn't concerned about it, so I wasn't yeah. either. Kind of like when they referred to the city mm-hmm. a lot. Like, oh, they're from the city. I was like, whatever city it is, I don't really care. <laughs> Where's Devil's Kettle? Hang on. It's in Minnesota. Ah. So I assume they're talking about Minneapolis, St. Paul, but um, I only like looked that up after. Uh, the band is here. Jen wants to go say hi to them and bring Needy, and Needy's like, I don't want to. I am intimidated, and Jen's like, they're just guys. True. Men ain't shit. (laughs) Platonic boob grab. (laughs) 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. That did happen. I think that whole scene, I was distracted by the 9-11 shooters. Ah, also that. Um, that really occupied my attention for longer, than, and I laughed for longer than I should have at, at that. They are red, white, and blue. God bless America. <laughs> Needy asks Nikolai, the lead singer of the band played by Adam Brody, uh, why they're playing a show in such a small town, and he's like, we need to connect with our fans in the shitty areas, too. Which is a shitty thing to say, I think. Foreshadowing. <laughs> that that whole moment with the band and the... I mean, it really gave me, like, queer in a small town vibes. Because I feel like this could... Other than the fact that, you know, they're teenage girls and I've never been one of those. You know, it really <laughs> reminded it really reminded me of my childhood. Because I grew up in, like, a shitty small town in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talked about the city, we were talking about Tupelo, Mississippi. Which is, like, definitely less than 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and um, if we wanted, it was like very rare that anybody would ever come and um, perform. And of course, nobody that I liked because I was listening to um, like lesbian anthems of the 90s when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. What else can you do? But um, I remember this one time there was this big rumor and it like shook the foundations of my town that the black eyed peas <laughs> were going to come and play. Oh, my God. Um the the black eyed peas and this was like this was probably around 2008 or 2009 and it was like the buzz i swear to god the only thing more notable was that we were getting a dominoes <laughs> like we got the dominoes we did not get the black eyed peas Damn. oh no sorry for your loss well it'll be okay i mean i don't think i would have enjoyed you know that um <laughs> the black eyed peas are like the kmart of hip hop so <laughs> listen you take what you can get all right fair enough uh nikolai and dirk talk about whether or not jen is a virgin they're very interested in this information needy overhears this and she says that she is a virgin and she's going to stay that way she thinks that she is deterring them from pursuing jennifer yeah when has that ever worked though that was my big question like i was like this is supposed to because i feel like the you know media that i've seen is like men are often more interested in women who are virgins. Mm -hmm. I thought that too. So I was like, oh, needy. Like, you know, even if, you know, they weren't going to, like, sacrifice Jennifer's body, um, (laughs) title drop, um, then, you know, you've still just made her a very specific bed. You're not deterring them. You're trying to be a good friend. But, you know, I was just like, oh, no, needy, you've you've bungled this so terribly. (laughs) I can understand why she thinks that that would be a deterrent. Because she's a nice person. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess she has this whole, like, kind of purity thing going on. Like, she does, like, have on-screen sex in the film. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she only curses, like, once during the whole, like, high school era of the movie, right? Like, Mm -hmm. she's always backing down from curses and saying, like, God dang it and shit. Mm Mm-hmm. She's not saying shit. <laughs> so maybe my point is that maybe to her, like, you know, the virginity was like some kind of weird, maybe I'm projecting because I grew up Catholic, but some kind of weird, like, purity thing, some kind of purity value. No, yeah, I thought that too. Definitely. Uh, Jen and Needy chat about how the fact that Jen is definitely not a virgin and Needy knows this. 
uh, Needy, like, discourages Jen from going with these guys because Nikolai seems like a sleazeball. And then the band sings a song about being in love with your best friend while the two of them hold hands. But then Needy lets go. That was such... That was such a gay scene. I can't mm-hmm. get over that. Like, they're holding hands, and Needy's so upset, and then she immediately breaks out into a huge smile because Jen grabs her hand, and then she realizes, oh no, Jen's only looking at the band and not at me, and gets sad and drops the hand. Mm-hmm. The pining. God, I wish that was, like, you know, in every scene in the movie. <laughs> it's in a lot of them. Yeah. But, God, it just, it that moment warmed my heart. We all felt that. <laughs> in a different film, this is the movie. Like, it's just the two of them realizing that they are in love. I think I should fanfiction this, like, and keep everything the same up until that moment. And then they just leave the concert normally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody dies. <laughs> and and then they, like, explore their lesbianosity together. Their what? Their lesbianosity. Of course. Um, first of all, Jen is canonically uh, bisexual. True. So let's just get that straight. Megan Fox can only play bisexual characters. Any character played by Megan Fox is automatically bisexual. Interesting. I respect this take. Even in Transformers? Yes. Uh, Especially in Transformers. I don't know if that one's true. I don't know if I can support that. <laughs> I don't know anything about movies. Um, I, I haven't seen... I think this is the only Megan Fox movie I've ever seen. Mm. That's okay. That's all you need so, to see. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, like, the best watch one, movies. So. Yeah. She got a You're Teen good. Choice Award. She did? Wait. A Teen Choice Award for Jennifer's body? People hated this movie when it came out. Oh, hang on. She did. She won a Teen Choice Award in 2010. Outstanding movie actress, horror thriller. Wow, Damn. good for her. Award winning I guess somebody actress. watched it then. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage girls. Teenage girls watched it. All right. <laughs> okay, so fire. Everyone has to evacuate. Carnage. The band kidnaps Jennifer. <laughs> yeah. That was like, that That all happened so fast. And like, I mean, I'm glad because it was... It was really, like, hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, like, a little fire, and then suddenly people are getting trampled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, at the beginning of it, you think the bartender's just going to walk over with a fire extinguisher and get that one table that's on fire. But instead... Yeah, it was very unrealistic <laughs> how the whole thing lit up like that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of assumed that that fire was purposefully caused by the band. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, it was. Yeah, okay. definitely. Okay. Mm-hmm. They did that so they could kidnap Jennifer. Right. I don't think it was ever, like, said directly, though, so I wanted to make sure that mm-hmm. I wasn't just wrong and bad. No, they're, like, no, looking at correct. each other, like, all according to plan. Ha ha. Yeah. Singing that terrible little indie rock tune. <laughs> the music in this film drove me crazy. I, I, I think, like, love two... the music in this film. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess it's just not my genre. The best part to me was the whole song at the end. Although they missed the damn opportunity to play the whole song, Jennifer's Body. Mm. There's a Florence and the Machine song in this. There was. Kiss with a Fist, right? Mm-hmm. That was the one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then the band kidnaps Jennifer against Needy's insistence that she not be kidnapped. The two of them make homosexual eye contact as the van door slides closed. <laughs> 
there's no other way that they look at each other this entire movie. So mm-hmm. if we ever do merch, we have to do a homosexual eye contact sticker or something. Absolutely. I'd buy that. <laughs> uh, Needy goes home, calls Chip. He is appropriately concerned <laughs> that his girlfriend... Uh, was caught up in a fire, not appropriately concerned that her best friend might be getting assaulted. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't care about Jennifer at all. Yeah. But, like, that's still pretty cold-blooded to not care if she's getting assaulted. Yeah. Especially since Needy yeah. is actively, like, I am very worried about Jennifer. Yeah. Should have called the police, but whatever. Mm. No one calls the cops in this. Yeah, that was weird. Needy tries later. This is true. Yeah. I just, like, had this imaginary of, you know, that scene playing out. Needy calls Chip. Chip is like, I don't care if Megan Fox gets assaulted. And then, like, they they move on. And then she calls the police and, like, Chris Pratt shows up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not putting that in the fan fiction. No. That's fair. Someone is in Needy's house. She walks around looking for this intruder. Her mom is not home. She got uh, called in for swing shift. And uh, we get that, like, slasher, like, stock atmosphere again. And once again, it leads to Jennifer being revealed, except this time she is covered in blood. That was, okay, and then she, like, vomits some black sludge thing that looked like Venom from Spider-Man or something. The way it was weirdly moving around and stuff, that really was weird. And then Mm -hmm. nothing happened with that. It just stopped moving, I guess. (laughs) Okay. This is in horror media this is a symptom of possession but why is it moving so weird Mm. i don't see why not it makes it fun and zany Um, (laughs) i think it's a i think it's a testament to the strong bond um the strong lesbionic bond between these two (laughs) women um that you know jennifer throws up on her and like you know things never go back to normal but needy is like at least willing to try to pretend that things are normal Mm -hmm. you know and i you know i feel like that's that's something that only happens in queer relationships i am speaking from personal experience (laughs) uh importantly uh jennifer like uh homoerotically nibbles on needy's neck and then leaves well first she eats an entire rotisserie chicken that's not important though oh that was the worst moment in the film There is a really good article. Hang on, I'm going to make some typing noises really quickly. I hear no typing noises, but all right. There. <laughs> they happened. Uh, mm. There is a really good article from Electric Lit called There's Nothing Scarier Than a Hungry Woman. The true horror in horror films is women's un- unconstrained appetite, which is about a bunch of, like, female horror protagonists and antagonists and how the way that a lot of the time film will signal that a woman has like gone off the edge or something evil is happening with her is that she will eat a lot and the eating will be like visceral because women don't eat oh yeah absolutely i've never seen a woman eat (laughs) i don't believe women need to eat It would, be, it would be really scary if you did see a woman eat. Of course. Uh, that article is by Laura Ma, just so everyone knows. Laura Ma wrote about women eating in horror movies. Good job, Laura Ma. Nominative determinism. <laughs> Love that for her. Never realized that before. Uh, 
everybody's just back at school the next day. I mean, like, not really. They don't really do a lot of school stuff. Mm. Everyone's in mourning. Like, a bunch of stuff is cancelled. Mm -hmm. Except Jennifer's being very, you know, that way about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The rumor mill is a churning. She also says talking to yourself makes you gay, I guess. <laughs> Which, I mean, I yeah. do talk to myself, so I guess. Same. <laughs> I sing to myself. Wow. That's even, even gayer. gayer. <laughs> yeah, alright. What if I told you that it's been a Judy Garland song lately? That's the gayest of all! I know, I it know. It just keeps getting worse. <laughs> I know, the older I get, the older I get, the less I can resist the pull. <laughs> uh, Jennifer thinks that Needy is overreacting. This begins our theme of Needy being gaslit by the people around her about the freak shit that's happening. If eight students died, eight students who attend this high school are dead. Last night, I think school gets canceled the next day. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's fair. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The, the, it's supposed to be a very small high school. I mean, at least in my experience, when we had, like, a student pass away, even one, mm -hmm. um, we just, like, wouldn't have school. Um, and they would, like, encourage us to come um, because they would invite a preacher to campus to preach to us. <laughs> yeah, it is weird that they didn't do more. Mm-hmm. And, like, clubs are canceled. But everybody still had to get up and come to school. Genuinely, though, I was so distracted by the weird things that Jennifer says to convince uh, that guy Jonas to, like, go off with her alone. Uh -huh. The way that that works, he's, like, actively crying in mourning. And she, I just... That guy wow. that you're sad that he died, he said that we would make a banging couple. And that just works. It does. <sighs> Simply take a man to the woods and disembowel him. I mean, yeah, good for her. She really did that. <laughs> Although, and... um, we see a, a moment of, like, a deer licking up blood later. Mm -hmm. Um, that Deer don't eat meat, right? That's what was my immediate thought. I was like, deer... Any hoofed animal will eat meat if it is freely available they won't go after it but they know that there's protein and iron in there and so they will like if you have horses okay. and you have chickens then sometimes the horses will steal the chicken eggs okay well this is a whole like horrifying universe that i really didn't need to know existed but <laughs> i'm gonna like you know my house is swarmed by deer like all the time mm. Um, maybe they're like waiting on me to, to die so that they can eat me. That moment <laughs> where all the animals are gathering, I was like, this is like dark, edgy Snow White. <laughs> that was so weird. I thought that they just weren't happy about this, this demonic presence in their house. But wouldn't they run from it? Why are they going towards it? They're hungry. Maybe. Uh, Chip and Needy debrief in the hallway. She oh, before that happens, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons is in this movie, and he has hair. Yeah, oh. I didn't recognize him because mm -hmm. of the hair. No, neither did I. How unsettling. <laughs> uh, but Chip and Needy debrief in the hallway. She tells him about Jennifer being bloody and vomiting, and he's like, maybe it was smoke inhalation. <laughs> Not how that works. Yeah, I I do have to say there were a couple times that Chip was a little too disbelieving of things yeah like if you genuinely care about needy 
you shouldn't be this immediately jumping on, like, disbelieving her all the time. Mm-hmm. Is dismissive. Because she's very consistent, too, with the things she's saying. It's not like she keeps saying different, wild things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting to me, too, because not only is he ostensibly, like, in love with Needy, but he also hates Jennifer, as evidenced by the I don't care if she gets assaulted bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why are you not more willing to believe this? Or at least entertain it mm-hmm. or help her investigate instead he just goes and buys condoms <laughs> at the super I, target listen this movie <laughs> says that teenage boys only want sex and only think about sex the entire time that's all that they do this is the whole movie <laughs> uh the, we then we get jk simmons overhearing screaming but thinking that it's just you know normal catharsis screaming as jonah is ripped limb from limb yeah, but what, <laughs> sir? Bet he felt really bad about that later. Mm. I also love that this movie just does random time jumps after, like, insane shit has happened. Yes. Doesn't, like, debrief really at all, just immediate time jump. Everyone's just moved on. Mm-hmm. A boy was ripped limb from limb. <laughs> Who's in this movie around this scene, it's when it's when they're dragging Jonas, well, gurneying, you know, not dragging, but, you know, um, pulling him out of the woods. Apparently during that scene, Bill Foggerbocky is there. Who? Who? Patrick Starr. Ah. <laughs> oh. And I was, I was reading the Wikipedia article after I saw the movie and I was like, what? Why? I didn't, you know, have it in me to go back and investigate if this was actually true, but it was, you know, I saw this on the internet, so, um, there's no reason for it to be false. Oh, yeah. He's credited as Jonas's dad. Ah, oh, so he doesn't really speak. No. No, he's just there. But he is there. Uh, Jennifer has gone swimming, presumably to wash all of the blood out of her hair. And we get some, like, cheesecake that they can put in the trailer. <laughs> well, that makes this scene make more sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't really have any thoughts for this scene. I was just like, ah, oh, yes, Megan Fox. But that was my thought. <laughs> Uh, she calls Needy because she's feeling scrumptious. She wants to go out on the town. Needy's like, a lot of people died. And she replies, moveon.org. .org! Not even a .com. Not even a paid domain. Moveon.org. I hate the org. That, wow. She no, says so many perfect. things. No. She says so many things. I mean, calling herself scrumptious was already a little far for me. Scrumptious is a horrible, horrible word. <laughs> you think so? Interesting. They say it on Bake Off all the time. Mary Berry will be like, that's scrummy. Well, scrummy it's... is bad. Scrummy, <laughs> scrummy is terrible. Is e- scrummy is extremely sexually charged to me. That's what I'm calling the episode. Decided no. right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Scrummy sounds like an insult to me. <laughs> like, because it's almost saying, yeah. Anyway, we're off track. Let's return. Mm-hmm. Hang on. I'm going to make some more typing noises. Oh, God. Title of the episode Feeling Scrummy. No. <laughs> In parentheses, Autumn disagrees. <laughs> uh, where am wow. I? My what name? an honor. <laughs> Uh, we also see Jen, like, experimenting with her new demon physiology. She, like, burns her tongue with a lighter. That definitely you know, was also just there for the trailer. Yes. 
I feel like that's the only scene from this movie that I was like, I've definitely seen Megan Fox burning her tongue with a lighter before. I've definitely seen this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chip lives next door to Jonas and to Jonas's family. And so like calls Needy up and is like, we need to talk. Explains what happens. Needy thinks that this isn't a coincidence. And Chip thinks that it definitely was. And then they're back in school again. Yeah, somebody gets disemboweled out back to school. Don't know who did it. Come on, kids. Well, isn't... Is this not after the time jump? No, this is when the time jump happens. Because we mark the passage of time via Jonas's memorial flowers wilting. Okay. Which is a very good device. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.K. Simmons has some good news. Low Shoulder has released a benefit single, but only 3% of the proceeds will get donated. I feel like that's not how benefit singles usually work. I feel like it's 100% of the proceeds for a limited amount of time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, like, benefit singles I've seen are not always 100%, but definitely not, like, 3%. Yeah. Definitely not. And then there's, um, what's that character's name? Chastity? Is that the one that's, like... I believe so. She's got some Mad. some virtue name. Yeah. She and Needy slug it out over whether or not Low Shoulder is actually doing a good thing. Yeah, I understand demon magic is like at play here, but who in their right mind could think that 3% is enough? Mm-hmm. There's anyway. demon magic happening in that scene? Yeah. Right, that's why they're that's why they're famous now because they did the sacrifice. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I was, like, thinking that Jennifer was exerting some kind of control no, in the situation. Oh, but, no. okay, I get it. I get it. Um, what I found really interesting about that scene and a lot of scenes where Low Shoulder comes up is that Jennifer just, like, doesn't really seem to care. Mm-hmm. That upset me so much. This whole movie, I was waiting for her. At first, I thought she had killed them immediately when she woke up, but then she didn't. And I kept waiting for her to go after them and them to be one of her, like, targets or whatever. And the fact that she never cared and just essentially let them get away with killing her, Mm -hmm. um... That really angered me. I mean, how can you argue this is like an empowerment movie? They are skinny white men. They get away with things. I've been thinking about this whole situation like a lot. I feel like that was what I fixated on when I finished the movie. I was like, why didn't Jennifer care? And even reading the Wikipedia article, like like the retrospective reviews that are more positive are like, this is female empowerment because like Jennifer goes after the people who like sacrificed her. And I'm like, okay, you just didn't watch the movie because that. That simply did not happen. Jennifer didn't really even seem to care. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, but this is like gay maybe because Jennifer's more concerned about needy. Mm-hmm. You know, she has the opportunity and then needy to eat does needy. The, yeah, and then needy does the vengeance at the end instead. Which is, yeah. I just, this is literally framed mm-hmm. nowadays anyway as a feminist movie, as an empowerment film. Mm-hmm. And yet Jennifer lets her attackers get away with it. How can you frame it like that if she doesn't retaliate? Mm-hmm. We found it. We found the one flaw with Jennifer's body. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it genuinely really angered me when the movie like ended and Jennifer hadn't done anything against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, there were a lot of things that really kind of upset me about the denouement, um, like such as like Needy going to this like 
you know, going to the asylum or whatever. And I was like, did you, you know, what, what was that trial like? <laughs> um, you know, like, I feel like I was thinking about this like all night after I finished the movie. I was like, there's probably like a way for you to, you know, plausibly explain the events of the film while still pinning it on Jennifer without mentioning the whole demon summoning thing that would cause you to lose all credibility. And maybe she'd still get in trouble, you know, and be locked up or whatever. But, you know, I, I, w I just was really curious about, like, how that trial went. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe we could have gotten, like, a little glimpse of that. Um, Jennifer's Because I felt like too. that was missing. Uh, Jennifer's body, too, and it's just an hour and 42 minutes of the trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even just, like, showing a news clipping, like, all of these murders, we finally found the culprit, you know, and it's a picture of Needy. Mm -hmm. But we didn't really get any of that. Yeah. Again, this is, like, that problem of, like, you need one more pass. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think at the beginning narration, I might be remembering wrong, but I think Needy says something about, like, like doing the murders or that, like, people thought she did the murders or something she says like that. after the killings oh okay and also because that took place at the very beginning like we had no context for it we're not going to we needed that reinforced at the end mm -hmm. and yet here we are <laughs> <laughs> jennifer's body remake who would star who would star who 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 could live up to megan fox I mean, I think Megan Fox still looks great and can still do it. <laughs> yeah, but she calls that that edgy dude daddy. Wait, what? Um, Her boyfriend, like she's dating... Chainsaw McGraw. What's he called? Oh. Um, oh. Um, I keep wanting to say My Chemical Romance. That is Machine Gun Kelly. Yes. Everyone yeah. she dates is not good enough for her because she should date me. <laughs> All right, I'm maybe done. she'll maybe she'll hear this and you know <laughs> Megan Fox come on the pod. Um, but yeah, that would be I like pure chaos. <laughs> I would not speak the whole time. So the thing that happens next is Needy shows concern and or interest in Colin, who we met mm -hmm. earlier. Mm -hmm. Jennifer immediately decides to seduce, kill, and eat him. That was so funny, mm -hmm. the way she rejected him until Needy was like, I think he's cool. And she's like, never mind. <laughs> Come over and watch Aquamarine. She's half sushi. <laughs> that made me laugh, actually. I'm not going to It lie made me that. laugh, too. Uh, Megan Fox had a lot of lines in here. Mm -hmm. Okay, also, um, the next scene where, like, Colin goes to the address that she gives him and it's just some abandoned building mm -hmm. and the way that colin doesn't assume he'd been duped <laughs> unbelievable you've One never of hung most out with your friends parts. in a partially constructed building on the edge of town but that's not what's happening here the one of the hottest chicks in school said yeah i'll go on a date with mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. and directs him to this abandoned building yeah, this this does look like a prank. You're right. And then, but then he proceeds to break into the building instead See, of going home. Had it been me, I probably would have broken in too. Um, but mm. then I probably would have gotten in there and been like, you know, I'm just going to leave 
Um, <laughs> and I feel like that's, you know, maybe not every person would break in. I would. There is a non-zero but... chance that Megan Fox is going to have sex with him. Okay, that's fair. I just know if it was me, I definitely would have immediately went, oh, I did know it was too good to be true and then ah. gone home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I can be really optimistic when I want to. So <laughs> I probably would have been like, I probably would have made up some kind of very convenient excuse for why we must meet in this half-constructed house that has, like, crows in it or whatever. (laughs) Plus, Colin's Um, an alt dude. He's probably super into this. This is probably a setting for him. I don't know. He looked looked pretty scared. Yeah, he didn't seem into it. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Like... I don't know. I felt like the way he dressed was very much a for show thing. And Mm. in his heart, he was just he was just a little soft boy. (laughs) He writes creative nonfiction. Yeah. And it's like sensitive and deep. I really (laughs) liked Colin. I like his lip ring. Yeah, it was fun. How do we feel about the juxtaposition of this murder happening cut between Needy and Chip sleeping together for the first time? Uh. I felt so bad for Chip. I felt so, so bad for this man. Like, his girlfriend finally has sex with him, and she's just thinking about another woman the whole time. Mm -hmm. And hallucinating blood. Yeah, that's also weird. It was just really one of those, one of those moments where I wouldn't have done it. I get why it was done. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't like that it was done. There's a montage in the first season of How to Get Away with Murder that is the two main like romance couple having sex for the first time intercut with an autopsy. I hate that. Well, I don't like that. You know, there's a glee <laughs> episode. There's a glee episode. Stop. Stop. Where Quinn Fabre is giving Stop. birth and it's intercut with mm-hmm. a performance of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Um, and they put Quinn's screams in the mix. That was bad. <laughs> well, Glee is bad. So I mean, Glee is bad. But, you know, I didn't know that in 2000 and whatever. Yeah, we didn't know that <laughs> while we were watching Glee. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, poor Chip. It's also so funny to compare uh, the sex scene between Needy and Chip with the kiss between her and Jen later. Mm-hmm. That's also a fun comparison. Cause like, One's very romantic, and then the other one is very sexually charged. Yeah. <laughs> Needy's very cute in this sequence. She's, like, just genuinely excited to have sex with her boyfriend for the first time, and that's adorable. Yeah. It was very wholesome. Which you don't usually get in a sex scene. Yeah. It felt like, it felt so intimate. Like, I didn't want to watch it. Mm. Like, this was a private moment between them, and I wanted them to have that private moment. Mm -hmm. But also, that scene never convinced me that Needy was attracted to Chip. Also that, yeah. Yeah, it didn't seem right. Um, That scene gave me, like, feelings, you know, before the weird stuff started. That gave me a different kind of feelings, but (laughs) when he's, like, when he's, like, messing around with the, like, weird flavored condom that only a teenager would buy mm-hmm. i was like oh don't days gone put by. flavored condoms in your cooch they are for oral sex yeah well i've never done that <laughs> that's what they're for <laughs> they will give you a yeast infection maybe that's why she was hallucinating <laughs> <laughs> and then needy starts screaming because again she's like psychically connected with jennifer and it's been amplified by the demon magic 
And because Jennifer is trying to scare the shit out of Colin, she accidentally scares the shit out of Needy. And she starts screaming. And Chip is like, oh my god, my girlfriend is screaming while we have sex. This is great. But actually... Oh, but later he's... <laughs> that was, I laughed when Chip was like, am I too big? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor, poor pitiful Chip. <sighs> Another soldier down. <laughs> Uh, she leaves Chip's place and nearly runs over like bloody Jennifer, who then proceeds to smash the windshield of her mom's Kia. Why not? <laughs> Nita's gonna have to explain that to her mom now. I guess she could say she hit a deer. I think the, like, you know, asyluming at the end kind of, you know, I, I don't think that the windshield needs to be explained. I think that's just kind of caught up in the, like, insanity yeah. ruling. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Runs home terrified, tries to get into bed, but Jennifer's there wearing her clothes. Mm-hmm. Normal and platonic. So then they have the kiss. Did you guys, obviously, like, it's very clear that Needy is into it. Did you think Jen was into it, though? Yes. Okay. I'm... I'm honestly not sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe if Jennifer hadn't been a demon... But I think mm. the demon part was just, like, <laughs> doing some, like, mind tricks. I think that she got herself all energized and pretty to go kiss her best friend for the first time. That's not the vibe I got. Mm. I honor that interpretation. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I agree that um, if she wasn't, you know, possessed, maybe she would have been more, like, genuinely into it in the same way that Needy is. Mm-hmm. Um, but... To me, it just felt more like she was, I mean, she's partly just trying to distract Needy, so she will stop asking, you know, questions that she doesn't want to answer, but also just kind of felt like she was trying to see how much Needy would let her get away with. Mm. Uh. And in a general sense, she's just kind of, uh, like, the demon part of her is just into any sex-related thing generally. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think that was connected to Needy specifically. I thought about, um, you know, like other media references where I've seen stuff like this. And I think it kind of is like a trope when I think about it that like the like a person who is in love with someone else who is then infected by a demon then like saves their most like sadistic um kind of things for the person that they loved before they got demoned mm-hmm. um specifically i'm thinking about like buffy mm. and angel mm-hmm. um and how like angel's only goal when, when he loses his soul buffy spoilers um <laughs> is to like kill buffy brutally um and often like puts on this like you know facade of you know still being angel somewhere in there but it's like a manipulation tactic to get her guard down mm-hmm. i also so i could share my fun quote now okay um <laughs> because i found this interview with the head writer um talking about this scene in particular it basically saying you know sometimes friends are just like that is the short version of the quote. Um, And, you know, I've never been uh, a straight person, so maybe straight people, this is actually just how friends are. But I'm gonna... I'm gonna gonna read the quote. Um, Okay. 
So she says, there's a sexual energy between the girls, which is kind of authentic because I know when I was a teenage girl, the friendships that I had with other girls were almost romantic. They were so intense. Man. I wanted to sleep at my friend's house every night. I wanted to wear her clothes. We would talk on the phone until our ears ached. I wanted to capture that heightened feeling you get as an adolescent that you don't really feel as a grown-up. And you decided to portray that through making out? Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe straight girls will just just make out for fun and it's totally platonic and that's just a thing that friends mm. do. Maybe. Do we know any straight girls? There's Katy Perry. I know some straight girls. Ask them about this. Please No, no I, I know. They would all, they would, like, kiss at parties and stuff. <gasps> um... Like, we'd, like, all, you know, be drinking or whatever, and everybody was kind of just making out with everybody. Um, I wasn't participating, because um, <laughs> I just, you know, am not like that. But um, no shame to them, of course, but it would just be, like, you know, no holds barred kind of deal. Um, straight girls kissing straight girls and all sorts of things, and... Um, huh. Yeah, spend the bottle was a common party game, and instead of like a quick smooch, it was often like, you know, tongue. Mm. Absolutely wild. They're all straight, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you could do it if you weren't straight, because then there's too much mm. like real feeling there. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Maybe we should ask Katy Perry. <laughs> Katy Perry, come on the pop. <sighs> Katy Perry makes no sense. What an absolutely insane person. <laughs> Well, now she's not gonna come on the phone. I don't know. I think she'd appreciate that. Um, because I think she knows. Um, I think she knows. I hope so. Genuinely. Oh my god. I hope she knows. Anyway, where are we? They make out, and then Needy like interrupts the making out to demand an explanation for Jen's behavior, and that's fair. Yeah. And then kicks her out. Well, Jennifer explains. That low shoulder are are agents of Satan with awesome haircuts. <laughs> oh yeah, this is where we get the the scene of what actually happened to Jennifer. Mm -hmm. That's right. She's in the van. They are driving somewhere. Never let anyone drive you somewhere in a van. I mean, she didn't want. She wanted to get out, and they didn't let her. Yeah. To be fair to her, she did try to escape. Mm-hmm. She tries to talk her way out of it. And she, again, is using the I'm a virgin thing to dissuade them because she's like, they'll think that I'm bad at sex and not want me, and not want to have sex with me. Yeah, it, it, for Needy, that made sense as like a viewpoint to have. But it seems weird that Jen would also have that view. Mm -hmm. Then she tries to run. They overpower her. They need to sacrifice a virgin under the waxing moon in order to be rich and awesome like that guy from Maroon 5. That didn't age well. <laughs> I thought it aged amazingly. It was clearly a gag at the time, too, but I feel like he's, like, Adam Levine is past the point of, like, like being a joke. Now it's just very sad. Hmm. See, I thought it was funnier. Valid. <laughs> uh, they... I laughed out loud at that. Yeah. The band gleefully butchers this teenage girl while screaming the lyrics to 8675309. While she's begging and crying, like, what kind of monsters? I oh, God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Terrible. That's a terrible... That That's so hard to watch. I really thought, you know, like, 
not that I wanted them to be humanized at all because like they're monsters, you know, but yeah. I kind of expected them to have more like hesitation. Yeah. Um and to kind of like, you know, not just do it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly one member of the band is hesitant and once he realizes that they're going to be cool and awesome like that guy from Maroon 5, he's like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like they're not even they don't even try to make it quick for her no like you could have just like slit the throat really quick but instead he just happily like stabs her in the gut a whole bunch mm-hmm. and they absolutely they awful toss the knife into devil's kettle this will become important later the thing that i have written here is jen woke up and found her way back to needy because she needed a place of safety to recover and also snacks that's true yeah a nice girl snack <laughs> <laughs> She does explain that she didn't have the heart to eat Needy because she's her best friend. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, cute. (laughs) (laughs) I also wouldn't want to eat my best friend. That's great. That makes two of us. (laughs) Uh, She demonstrates her like demonic healing powers. This will become important later as she explains that after she's recently eaten she is more powerful and can heal from injuries thus if hypothetically you needed to murder her you would need to wait until she was hungry she also says an amazing line when she's trying to convince needy to let her stay the night she's like we can play boyfriend girlfriend like we used to and i wanted more elaboration on that What does that mean, Jennifer? (laughs) Explain. (laughs) Instead, Needy kicks her out, and she which is fair, jumps out of the window and vanishes. Totally normal. (laughs) Just girl things. Just girl things. Hashtag just girl things. That's the title of the episode. Yes, I love that. Here we go. Isn't the meme just girly things? True. Yeah. Still works. Colin's funeral happens. Please let these children have a day off of school. Poor Colin. Yeah. On Colin, I meant to point this out back when back when he was asking Jennifer on this date. Mm-hmm. He invited her to Rocky Horror. Yes. So yeah, Jennifer and Needy aren't the only queer-coded people <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> she thinks it's a boxing movie? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think it's possible to watch Rocky Horror and be straight. Yeah, they just, they don't absorb it. Yeah. Needy has a good line in the narration here. She says, sorrow was last week's emotion. Damn, Mm -hmm. put that in a poem. (laughs) Maybe I will. Please do. Please. We can tweet about it when this episode goes out. Yeah. Uh, Needy starts researching the paranormal. Uh, A blade to the heart is the surest way to kill the beast, is what gets emphasized here. Uh, She has withdrawn from, like, her social life since learning that Jen is a demon, uh, which is inconvenient because Chip wants to go to Cheesecake Factory after the spring formal. Poor and Chip. And who wouldn't? <laughs> Poor guy. And I know, that's the biggest tragedy in the whole movie, that nobody ate, there was not a Cheesecake Factory scene. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't get Needy's logic here, because she's basically like, we can't be together right now because I have to focus, or because like Jennifer's going around killing people and stuff, and there's a lot going on. Um, but wouldn't chip be safer with needy she specifically doesn't want him to go to the dance because she thinks that it's just gonna be a buffet but it it seemed more generally like she was like stay away from me Hmm. 
Yeah. And I didn't get that. Yeah, like, ideally, you would probably want to travel in groups. I just kind of thought, you know, she watched Carrie mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and d- didn't want him to be terrified. <laughs> but also, Jen has proven, she has said that, like, I don't want to hurt you, Needy. So if Needy is with Chip, maybe then Jen would just avoid both of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, this happens because we need Chip to be isolated during the the prom yes. scene. Yeah. We found the, the second flaw in Jennifer's body. Need need a stronger reason for the two of them to break up here. Like, you could have even done the, you know, Needy is becoming obsessed with Jen, and so Chip breaks up with her. You could have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even just she says, I can't focus on a relationship right now. I'm too distracted with other things. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Then we get the Florence and the Machine song. That does happen. <laughs> you said that this was your favorite. What What is your favorite scene? Oh, Liana? Chip with his mom is my favorite scene. Ah. Um, when the mom gives him the pepper spray. <laughs> that is my favorite scene in this entire movie. And I wished there was more stuff like that in this movie. I appreciated the payoff of that pepper spray, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of thought, like, maybe maybe this film would, would miss a few things, since by that point we'd already identified two flaws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Chip says he doesn't need the pepper spray because he's been doing the Bowflex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but he oh, does take it. man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Needy may or may not be wearing her, like, mom's old prom dress from the 80s. That would explain the Everything dress. about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, this movie, in general, is operating in the genre space of the, like, 80s-style horror movie and the 80s-style possession movie. And so it makes sense that now they are, like, directly referencing the stuff that, like, the aesthetic that would have been happening then with Needy's hair and dress in the prom scene she's got those those absolutely gorgeous puff sleeves <laughs> uh, we also see jen uh in front of her mirror uh her hair is thinning because she's hungry i've written here something something sacrifice your very humanity to adhere to beauty standards yeah who can't relate mm-hmm. megan fox is an actress like the way that she's just staring dead-eyed into her reflection while she smears foundation onto her face beautiful perfect amazing yeah that was a good scene oh the foundation smear was so it was a lot Mm -hmm. um it was very 2009 (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i often look that way at myself in mirrors heath i can tell nothing but the truth uh, we see Chip walking to the school alone as Needy looks for Jen at the dance. Jen then intercepts Chip outside and convinces him that Needy was cheating on him with Colin Gray, and that's why she was concerned about him, not that they were just friends. Can't believe he believes her. Yeah. Like, without without even that much convincing, even. Like, he doesn't even go, I need to, t- to talk to Needy about this. And that he knows the type of person that Jennifer is, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Unrealistic. Is this demon magic? Uh, I don't know. He's a dumb boy. Well, because cause we talked about how Jonas, like, the seduction there was sort of lackluster. And then Colin goes into this abandoned house. Does Jennifer have magic seductress powers because she's a demon? Well, I just thought that was her normal 
seductress powers from being a hot teenage girl. Ah. That's kind of what I thought, too. Yeah. Perhaps. Neither of these dresses sp- say spring to me. True. Like, they're both floor length, and you would, I think that you would want a shorter dress for the spring formal, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, low shoulders playing the dance. This won't become important, I don't think. Annoyingly. Except to establish that they are on a sold-out tour. Because the demon magic worked. This is where I thought Jennifer was going to kill them. Mm-hmm. But no, Jennifer wants Chip, of all people, to tell her that she's better than needy. Yeah. I, I wanted Jennifer to, like, set them on fire. <laughs> we get our second That's fire in the movie. No, I wanted her to stab them. Mm-hmm. Jen calls Chip salty in this scene, uh, but this time it's less salty like attractive and more salty like well-seasoned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Because Jen and Needy are linked still, Needy realizes that Chip that she's with Chip and runs out of the dance to stop her. This scene of her like absolutely gunning it down the street in this dress is so good. It's fun, yeah. Like abandons her cardigan halfway through. She was really running. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even play Kate Bush. <laughs> uh, Jen asks for another kiss. Chip refuses and her solution is to drown him. Yeah. That's perfectly logical to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I really like this sequence. Like the abandoned like indoor pool area that they're in with all of the overgrown plants is very good. Then we get this big, huge confrontation between the three of them. This is the scene that I see gift a lot coming oh, up. Interesting. Icing gift? <laughs> I see gift? People make gifts of this scene. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. I yeah. think it's... <laughs> now that's an episode title. <laughs> Probably not this one. Not enough icing in this movie. Yeah, that's my that's that's our third note. More icing. <laughs> well, if you ever do happen to find a movie with lots of icing, I feel like I have to be I feel like I have to be on that episode. because <laughs> um, I said it, so Exactly. Uh, so Needy gets to the pool. Jen is nibbling gently upon Chip's neck. She Needy leaps into the water. They fight for a bit. Poor Chip is bleeding out, but still tosses the pepper spray to Needy like a good boyfriend. He also stabs her, which is great. Later. After she levitates. Yeah, she can fly. She's just hovering. It's not that impressive. <laughs> Needy and Jen's dialogue during this confrontation, very normal. They're just arguing about very normal things. Seems about right. Mm-hmm. You know, I really appreciate when the stakes are really low, but the tension is really high. Mm-hmm. Really works for me. Very fan fiction. And this is like their first time they've ever really fought, too. So they just yeah. have all of these different things that they've never been able to say before that they're able to say the first time. So. Mm-hmm. And then Jen is like, I'm going to eat your face and... Needy says, I thought you only murdered boys. Jen, of course, goes both ways. Yeah. And then what's this? It's Chip with the steel pipe. Hoo-ha. <laughs> that was funnier <laughs> when I wrote it down. Uh... <laughs> and then he dies. Mm-hmm. Yep, turbo dead. Jennifer stabbed, climbs out the window, which gives us the room that we need to have Needy and Chip have this very touching, like last scene together yeah yes you should have believed her chip is what i have written down here i really appreciated the like desperation in that scene Mm -hmm. i think it was really well written getting the like 
obviously like soaked flip phone like out of chips suit pocket and like slamming it on the ground and and trying to use it that was really Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. was really it was quite very it's a good moment you know if your last words are assuring your girlfriend that she does look hot in her silly prom dress things can't be that bad (laughs) then we are back in the opening scene as jen annotates her menu also known as the school yearbook (laughs) amazing so we're back in that like slasher stalker mode and Jen is framed like the victim in the scene like that. Um, but, you know, the camera reveals her the same way that it would reveal the monster. But at the same time, we know that we're looking at things from Needy's perspective, therefore framing Needy as a monster as well. It's really good. Cinnamon topography. That's great. I love that moment. Because she then bursts through the window like a badass. <laughs> I really like the box cutter as the weapon here. Um, just like something practical that she could have just found on the way, like between the pool and Jennifer's house, she found a box cutter. Oh, I thought she went home, grabbed that, and then went to Jen's house. Quite possibly also. Because she was wearing like a gray hoodie, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. So she must have changed. She must have changed out of her wet, wet prom dress. What were you going to say, Eve? Uh, the two of them fight homoerotically. Yeah. Classic. Um, Needy then like rips the BFF necklace off of Jen's neck, cutting her off from Needy's life source, life force, therefore weakening her enough to stab her. Oh, interesting. That's not how I read that. Oh, I thought that that is genuinely what was happening. Well, how did you oh. read it? How did you have? Uh, is that Heath? Did you read it that way too? Am I just dumb? No, no, no I you just, are I not like this... dumb. <laughs> I think like the symbology of the BFF necklace wasn't very thoroughly like explored. Mm. Um, and so like I see Hal's kind of conclusion that it cut off um, Jennifer's life force from Needy's, but um, I didn't read it that way. Um, okay. <laughs> I didn't really know what was going on. I just kind of took it at face value, I guess. Like, like a sad, like, best friends are no longer best friendly yeah i i took it that the necklaces was just very basically symbolizing their friendship so her ripping off the necklace is saying we're not friends anymore and and jen just kind of gave up to me out of like dejection that they were no longer friends yeah that makes sense to me no longer friends but Afterlife lovers, Jennifer's body too, coming to theaters near you. <laughs> I don't know if Needy would want that though. Mm. <laughs> Needy deserves better. Yeah, honestly. Then we get Jen's mom walking in to see Needy stabbing her daughter, and now we know why she was in jail. Yeah, um, I also feel so. I feel very bad for Chip, and I feel very bad for Jen's mom. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's wow. Mm. The closing narration reflects on how Needy doesn't really know who she is as a person anymore, but she does know that she has demon powers because during the homoerotic fight, uh, she got bit on the neck. Jen bit her on the neck. And if you get bitten by a demon and live, she learned this in her research, you can absorb some of the demon's abilities, which is are very handy for breaking out of jail. And then she kills them. Mm-hmm. The low shoulders. Not Jennifer. Mm-hmm. I'm mad. Which is lame. Yeah. yeah. 
very upsetting. If if it was explained somehow that like because she was a sacrifice, they are protected from her, then I would buy it. But Jen didn't care. Yeah. She was so disinterested. Mm-hmm. Is it that they are, they were they simply became a means to an end like all of the men in Jen's life? She was done with them. She doesn't care about them anymore because now she has cool demon powers. Yeah, I could see that like she appreciates at the end what happened because now she has these cool powers. Mm -hmm. Like that makes sense, I guess. But she does still need to eat people. She is still targeting people. And why would you not target the ones who attacked you instead of random people? Yeah, exactly. Like, we just needed one line of dialogue, like, maybe during the scene where Needy is explaining her research to Chip. If she's like, because mm. they, because she does explain that the demon magic does work, but also your sacrifice gets demonized. And so if there was some sort of explanation of, like, yeah, and now, Gen- and now Jennifer can't even take revenge on them because of how the magic works. We have to do something, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Just one more pass through the script. Mm-hmm. And that's how the movie ends. Final thoughts. And then it was over. <laughs> it ends on a whole song. Mm-hmm. Not Jennifer's body, the whole song. <laughs> but Violet, the uh-huh. whole song. And Courtney Love was pissed. <laughs> Which, I mean, I feel like, you know, you're calling your movie Jennifer's body and you're putting a whole song in there, but not Jennifer's body. Mm-hmm. I think I would, I think I'm a little pissed about it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Seems like a missed opportunity. Yeah. I think this is the only movie this season that has a gay kiss in it. You mean Shrek doesn't? No. (laughs) Not that I remember. Uh, Oh, well, I guess I watched a different version. (laughs) But, but, don't forget, this kiss isn't actually gay. It's just two gals being pals. Ah, of course, yes, of course. Obviously. Yeah, I kissed a girl and I liked it. The taste of her (laughs) demon... Chapstick. Yeah, that didn't okay. work. Okay, that's another potential episode title. Mmm. It's just Katy Perry lyrics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That song works disturbingly well. Hate that. <laughs> I hate a lot of Katy Perry songs that are, like, you know, objectionable and homophobic, but I listen to them every day. Yeah. So I think I think she's, win- she's winning on this one. Yeah. I Guess a Girl came out in 2008. So they would have been filming this movie. Oh my god. Another missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Maybe they thought it was like too on the nose. But then again, so much of the dialogue is so on Very the nose. Very on the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that doesn't... Oh, whatever. That could have been like the second credits song. I love the idea of we've got like Courtney Love like shrieking and then we transition into Katy Perry. It would have been amazing. I love that juxtaposition. It's almost like that's how my Spotify playlists go. <laughs> uh, you can find the show at but is it underscore gay on Twitter. Our theme music is thanks to Enoff, E-N-O-F-F, music on Instagram. Heath, are you on the internet? Am I on the internet? Terminally. <laughs> I think I have a poem coming out in a couple days with Brave Voices Magazine. I think they're just at Brave Voices Mag on twitter um and my at on twitter is edgy 2003 blonde Mm -hmm. um no e (laughs) on that blonde um and my instagram is um at fake 2003 blonde and i co-edit for a lit mag called perhappened and they are at perhappened 
on twitter.com. Rad. Perhapin's great. Y'all put up good shit. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Autumn, are you on the internet? I lurk on Twitter at autumnal underscore season. Rad. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Autumn is always last when I say rad, and I don't know why I said, started saying rad. It's just in my vocabulary lately. And I'm being I mocked. can't take the word rad seriously. I'm so sorry. Rad is a good I just, word. I just have to say that it's been a scrummy time with the two of you. Oh, no. Beautiful. No. Let's end on that one. Stay gay, everybody. Ew. See ya. Ew.